is that when we originally did these bonus episodes for Tokyo 2021, mm-hmm. we were recording. I mean, some of those bonus episodes were like seven minutes long. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> Before each record, saying we're going to do a tight one, we're going to do it, we're going to do it in fifteen yeah. minutes. And despite the fact that we know very little about what's going on, in spite of the fact that we're not really keeping up to date with the news, we've managed to really stretch stretch this out. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, though. <laughs> uh. Well, I think the this particular Olympics has been very, very Olympopodian. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. It is it's giving us fun and controversial and sometimes simply odd things to talk about, which is exactly what this podcast is about. So maybe Tokyo was just a bit too normal. Yeah. Do you know what the most Olympopodian story for me has been so far? Uh was it the one we talked about in the last episode? No. Oh, tell me. Niels Vanderpol. Oh. Sweden's gold medalist. Yeah. He got gold in the 5,000 meter speed skating and the 10,000 meter. He did indeed. And have you been have you been following him and his accusations? His accusations, no. <laughs> yeah, so okay. he has a he's accused the Dutch team mm. of trying to cheat at these Olympics. Oh, there was a report out that said that the Royal Dutch Skating Federation sent a lobbyist to Beijing to try and influence the racing conditions. One of the ice scientists from the Dutch team went out to Beijing to try and influence the hardness of the ice because very hard ice benefits the Dutch uh, skaters. It should be said that the Dutch say that there was absolutely nothing wrong with this, but Van der Poel has said that this is equivalent to doping oh okay it just this is this is something that has happened like pretty much every Mm. early olympics the dutch trying or the dutch or sometimes the norwegians trying to influence what the icing conditions are so it's good to see that's making a return he's he's a real i mean first of all it made diddly squat of a difference because he got gold he did (laughs) not only did he get gold he set a world record and he Mm -hmm. beat uh Silver medalist who, funnily enough, not surprisingly, I guess, is Dutch by almost 14 seconds. The yeah. same guy he beat by half a second in the 5,000 meters when he was just under a second behind with one lap to go, then somehow managed to flip it around and uh, gain a second and a half in that final lap. Mm-hmm. But he is a true character, this guy, uh, Niels van der Poel. Yeah. He quit after the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics. He was just like, I'm not going to skate anymore. He took almost two years off. And uh, in 2018 and 19, he completed the basic ranger course as uh, an army ranger with the uh, army ranger battalion in Sweden. And he, not so long ago, uh, (laughs) just said that speed skating sucks. (laughs) He doesn't really like it. I he's think a, he's the gregarious of uh, speed skating. Yeah, yeah. Like um, when he was asked, "How are you setting world records while also not living, eating, and breathing speed skating?" His reply was, "When you are a professional athlete in a sport that sucks as much as speed skating sucks, <laughs> you've got, you've got to find a way to make it suck a little less." 
and whatever you can get inspired by, you need to find that. Perhaps the guy who trains the most wins? Perhaps it's like that. It's pretty likely. So what do you have to bribe yourself with to train more than the others? If you can find the answer to that, perhaps you can win the Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) Then asked, what was the answer for you? So I did like 20 ultras, ultra marathons, 1000 skydives. I served in the army for a year. I did a lot of parties. I went snowboarding a lot. I did a lot of ski mountaineering. I biked the entire nation of Sweden. I think he's going to become one of the characters of the Olympopod. <laughs> I, I, the only fear I have is like at 25, now that he's won both of them, he's probably just going to quit. Yeah, and, he will. And that's brilliant. And yeah. he's going to go, he's going to do something else, which we yeah. will follow. <laughs> I mean, what, what sport should Niels van der Poel do next? What do he do inline? Inline skating? Yeah. That's, that's, why? I don't know, but it's it's just, it's, like, would you prefer him to go into, like, curling? Was that what you'd like him to do? I, I That would be kind of hilarious. But I think, yeah. no, I, it sounds like he's, uh, he's a guy who could become, like, a marathon runner. Mm. Something like that. A, a proper converting, a bit like Teresa Yoho, we spoke about, who almost qualified for the Olympics in the 10,000 meters. Maybe he can do something like that. Or something completely ludicrous. Yes. Uh, anyway, we'll be keeping our eye on him. I look forward to that. Yes. Uh, and with that, we've been recording for almost seven minutes. So should we say goodbye? <laughs> no. <laughs> because we should probably mention, we've kind of been dipping in and out of the biggest story of this Olympics so far. And I feel like we've been, we've we've not really given it the seriousness that it deserves. I really doubt over the next five minutes we're going to give it the seriousness that it deserves again, mm. but it's probably something we should dip back into. What have you got on Camilla Valieva, Ruth? I think there's an overwhelming feeling of just how sad this all is, mm. that this is a real tragedy for the sport and for this very young athlete. Um, I saw uh, Adam Rippon, who was part of the Team USA figure skating in Pyeongchang in 2018. He tweeted yesterday about the case. The entire situation is heartbreaking. This young girl is just 15. She's a minor. The adults around her have completely failed her. They've put her in this awful situation and should be punished. He goes on to say the IOC's ban on Russia's participation in the Olympics was not strict enough. I believe the ROC athletes are doing what they're told in an effort to please their coaches and federation. I blame those in charge. He says, a positive test is a positive test. Testing negative now doesn't negate the fact that there were performance enhancing drugs involved in the process. It's a fucking shame. It didn't need to come to this. She is a child. So I think that very much captures the general, well, one of the general feelings. Some some people have absolutely no sympathy for this young girl, but it does seem like she had the promise and hopefully still does have the promise of being one of the greatest figure skaters of her generation yeah. and yeah she was out on the practice rink yesterday i believe and she fell three times she came off fairly inconsolable and had to go through all of the journalists uh waiting for her so it's mm. it's it's a very sorry tale I, I think since the last time we recorded also it has come out that the uh this positive test came in december the test was on Christmas, uh, Christmas Day, and uh, and the Russian Olympic Committee basically like tried to cover it up. Mm. Like they the Russian anti-doping 
banter they reverse the decision and yeah if if this news had come out beforehand she wouldn't even be here in the first place if it came out in in due court like in the due time it was supposed to but yeah i think um there's no doubt that she is hardly to blame for this the only sad thing is if this will overshadow her career forever now hopefully not Mm. because as Adam Rippon said, she is just a child. This is yeah. not her fault. So her promise that she was showing, I don't think, can be completely explained by performance-enhancing drugs. No, clearly so, not. So, clearly not. <laughs> so it would be a real shame for her not to mm. be able, in a few years' time, to be able to come back and to get what she deserves. Yeah. Any good news, Chris? <laughs> there is loads of good news. Uh, let's start with one from Friday. Mm-hmm. where perhaps we've had Ireland's best performance at a Winter Games. We were now, first! For a while, yes. yes. And that, that's, <laughs> yeah, for that, now, Ireland, of course, did come fourth in the Luge mm-hmm. in uh, 2002. Which is incredible. <laughs> right, with uh, Clifton, Hugh, Lancelot, their Verdon, Rottersley. Is a guy mm-hmm. we'll speak about if and when we get to the <laughs> the 2002 Salt Lake if? Games. Of course we will. No, of course we will. Uh, that is that's for another day. Where yes. he finished, uh, where he finished fourth in 2002. It was in the skeleton, right, or the luge? What did I say before? You said luge. Luge. You he said was luge. A, he was a skeleton racer. He was, okay. Yeah. He was a skeleton racer. Anyway, that's one thing. But Thomas Maloney Westgard. Finished 14th in the men's 15-kilometer classical. And the reason why I think that is a better performance is because this is, and perhaps, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, like an incredible performance because the men's 15-kilometer classical and cross-country skiing in general is just so much deeper and so much yeah. stronger than something like the skeleton where a guy like Rottersley can pick it up a couple of years uh, before and then finish fourth in the Olympics. Um, he finished 63rd best guard in uh, 2018. So this is a huge improvement, but this is something mm. he'd been working on. He said it the day before the race, like this is for the last four years has been my focus. Everything I've done has been for this race. And yeah, for a good chunk of it, uh, because they went out individually, uh, he was in the lead, which is amazing to see. And uh, finished 14th in the end, which was a really good performance. It was won by uh, Ivo Niskanen from Finland. And Mr. All-Ass himself, Johannes Kleber, finished in a bronze medal position. Oh, fair play to him. Yeah. But uh, delightful scenes as well as the, the whole small Irish team was out at the end line uh, waiting for him and celebrated with him. And that's uh, something... He, as an individual athlete, hasn't gotten much experience with. You think of all the all the people he has to uh, ski against, all the Norwegian, all the teams, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's usually out there in his Todd, but he got a bit of personal support this time. Yeah, it was brilliant. And he seems like a lovely, lovely lad. More good news? Well, first of all, Chris, that was the cross-country, right? That was cross-country skiing, yeah. Yeah. So, in the cross-country skiing... Like, they have their tracks already made out for them. Sometimes, yeah. Okay. In some parts of the course, yeah. Mm. Why? Like, does, uh, would it not be harder? Would it not be harder if they had to make their own little tracks? Uh, I think that's just not very reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> 
as somebody who's done cross-country skiing a grand total of two times, <laughs> I can tell you that those little tracks make a, make a big difference for that style of um, when you're doing that style of skiing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, it's, only I was... so, it's only in those, like, I mean, they do the gliding, of course, and uphill, downhill, all the stuff. But for the parts where they do have the... Um, the tracks. I think it's quite important that they're there. Okay. No, I was. I was just thinking uh, when I was watching the ski jumping about the. You're right there. Yeah. <laughs> With the ski jumping, I was thinking about how you know how relevant this is to real life. Like, okay, fair enough. The ski jumping. Maybe one time you'll be at the top of a really big hill, and you need to to get to the very bottom of the hill very quickly. That's fine. That's a that's a usable skill. Same with the biathlon. You could be out skiing. Not really sure where this uh, <laughs> this ramble is going. You go. You distracted me with your your off <laughs> with your off camera staring. <laughs> go. It's getting very close in the curling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are you watching? Yeah, Great Britain versus USA. A must win match for Great Britain and their women, and they're winning at the moment. Okay. Uh, full case, focus on you, Ruth. No, 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 no. I no, that's quite all right. You can. I uh, are you? Mind. You're basically trying to say that uh, it's not realistic to have tracks in real life, but there are tracks in real life for cross country skiing. And I know, also, but it- <laughs> we know that in the Winter Olympics, the majority of these sports have no real life relevance, <laughs> and I that's know, okay. Chris. I don't know, Chris. Bobsleighing is when you're in Saint Moritz and you have a delivery sledge. And you have had a lot of drinks and you want to get down to the bottom of the town. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what that's for. That has a real life application. Absolutely. Anyway. <laughs> there was some good news for the old people. The 32 year olds? Oh, even older. <gasps> First of all, we'll go to uh, Sean White. And he finished his career with a very, very um, impressive and acceptable fourth place mm-hmm. in the half pipe. Japan's Ayumu Hirano finished uh, in the gold medal position finally. He was silver medalist twice in a row before that. Third time lucky for the twenty for the 23-year-old. That is third Olympics. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um he was phenomenal. The uh, just the amplitude, the air they managed in this event is uh, extraordinary. Uh, Scotty James from Australia won silver and Jan Scherer got bronze uh the swissman uh 35 year old three-time champ sean white was in fourth place and at the uh post run interviews he was asked um what his legacy was and he was like i think you're seeing it he Mm -hmm. uh, told the bbc tears in his eyes i'm proud of these guys and the women too to see the progression from where it started to where it is today and to have a helping hand in that and see where they take it from here but it's been amazing Ayumu and Scotty have been on my heels this whole time and they finally got me. But yeah, everyone giving a lot of love to Sean White, who uh, wasn't, didn't always seem to be the nicest guy in his career, who's kind of cutthroat. But these last games, knowing that it's his last ever event, he's very much opened up and uh, taken it in his, uh, in his stride in a very friendly way. That was not the only old people. <laughs> uh, good news story. You want another one? Yeah. Give me some hope. A combined age of 76 for Lindsay Jacobellis and Nick Baumgartner, the uh, duo who won the very first mixed team snowboard cross. 
And Lindsay Jacobellis, we spoke about a few days ago, who yep. won in the women's individual after um, a long wait for gold because she tried that method grab and fell over uh, way back in 2006. Well, as she went through to claim gold, she did a little, a safer grab on the final jump today, <laughs> which is, uh, was pretty badass still. But, uh, it's the first, uh, first career medal at all for the 40 year old Nick Baumgartner, who went first, uh, and gave her a little bit of a lead at the start. Um, so that was an interesting one. The men went first and the times from that carried over to the women's race and, uh, basically, uh, Jacobellis had like a 0.04 head start over the next one. It looked like to me that all the gates opened at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that lead didn't count for much as he fell into like third place out of the four pretty quickly before coming back and winning. And um, yeah, Baumgartner in his fourth Olympics, he was fourth in the snowboard cross uh, four years ago. And he's the oldest American athlete at these games the oldest American snowboarder in Olympic history. And uh, he was 10th place in the individual men two days ago. Mm. And uh, he said, it's days like two days ago that make today feel so good. I was proud to show everybody what I was worth. Oh, I've been watching this, the ice dancing. Mm. Engrossing, uh, you said before we went on. I, I, well, it's certainly captivating. I'm not mm. sure... It, it, so I'm currently watching the rhythm section of it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are going for hip hop, jazz combos. And it's giving off very strong cooling with the homies vibes. You're going to have to I'm give not, a bit of context if, if, here. If people don't understand, they are either going to have to watch a lot more ice dancing and also... Eurovision, Eurovision song, song contest. Song. Yeah, I mean that's. I think the cross section is not that great. <laughs> that's not my problem. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Sweden's I, entry I, I think, see, I think, uh, in I think, the imaginary. Euro just, well, just watch the film. Just watch right? the film. Eurovision I think. Film. See, the thing is, I think I could get myself into a lot of trouble if I started explaining why this is relevant. Okay. So, um, yeah, I just it's. Yeah, I don't know, Chris. If because so last time when we were doing these bonuses and we were doing the summer games, I was getting really into to the synchronized swimming, mm. and you were saying, "Not for me. You're not going to watch any." I feel like the, it's reversed. Like I should like the ice dancing if I like the synchronized swimming, but no, there's something there's something not quite right about it. No. Okay, well, I'm fine uh, with figure skating. I'm fine with figure skating. It's just the ice dancing. There's just something unnerving hmm. about it. I right. don't know. Okay, well, keep us updated. Yeah. Yeah. None of this is going in. I don't think. Nah, it, ha it has to. That has to go in. Come on. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We don't have enough Ruth criticizing sports. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> I think did I not just criticize the cross country skiing? For yeah, but like you said, like, yeah, like you said, <laughs> like you said that that wasn't going to make it in. So one of them has to stay in. I think okay. ice dancing. <laughs> um, biathlon. I also watched today. Ooh, the men's sprint 
Yeah. And uh, it was a, a day for brothers with Johannes Thingesbø from Norway winning gold, uh, Kenton Fion Maé winning silver. He won uh, a gold a few days ago, the Frenchman. And mm-hmm. uh, Tarje Bø, the older brother of Johannes, finishing in bronze medal position, which was uh, a nice little 1-3 for the Bø brothers. And what I discovered while watching this um, I did talk about the commentator a few days ago and gave him mad props. And I really liked his approach today. Or what I'm discovering is that, particularly in the sprint, the shooting is so important. So every time you miss a shot in the sprint, you have to take a, a penalty lap, which is about yeah. 22, 23 seconds. So basically every time someone steps up and he's covering them, he's like, they cannot afford to miss here or their chances of a medal are over. Oh, and he's missed. (laughs) It's every time, every time he basically put the commentator's curse on an athlete, except for Johannes Thingisbo, of course, who ended up winning. Um, But I learned that that has a direct impact on tomorrow's biathlon event, which is the Pursuit which I'm definitely going to watch because, so Johannes Thingisbo, who won Sorry, the Trivia Pursuit? Yeah, exactly. The Men's Biathlon Trivial Pursuit. Wait, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm explaining what the pursuit is now. But why It's another event. It's not the Trivial Pursuit. You said trivial, not me. I just said pursuit. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I don't like they had to go Unless it just slipped in. Unless it just slipped in uh, subconsciously. No, I, just, I think it went no, into it, your subconscious, though. I think it went into my subconscious because I just thought, oh, my God, that would yeah. be so brilliant if there was a knowledge. An, an, There's uh, nothing trivial an, about an it, knowledge. Ruth. It's pure iron and shooting things. <laughs> well, even still, if you, at every gun station, at every shooting range, uh, you collected a wedge, a different colored wedge to finish. This is why these podcasts are not seven minutes long. <laughs> Anyway, biathlon trivial procedure. I'm ready yes, for it. Yes, the great thing about that is that the results of the sprint today have an impact on it. So uh, Burr goes first. The second place guy, Fionn Maé, goes second. I think 28 seconds after him, based on how far behind he was in this race. Mm-hmm. And then the, the then so on, so on. I think down to 60th place. And yeah, they're just hunting each other. Oh, with not actually shooting, Ooh. but like it, it will Chris, come why down are you to the first. This so much more first, exciting. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the point. <laughs> so you'll tune in tomorrow. They'll hunt each other on skis, and they will still only shoot the targets, but they'll hunt each other on skis. Which means the first past the post will actually win. Yeah. There'll be no waiting around to see yeah. uh, who's first. And I think that's quite exciting. So yeah, the pursuit on Sunday. I'll be watching that. Ice quasar. Yes. That could be a thing. Yeah. It's a team event. Quasar, is that just an Irish thing? That it's name? actually an Australian. It's actually an Australian thing. And randomly, Laser tag. Just, yeah, I think it's just Ireland and Australia that call it Quasar. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Laser tag, but on ice and in a forest. That is such a good idea. How are we not employed by the IOC? Right. They don't have enough sports. We are giving them sports here. And it's also a team event, and we want more team events. Yeah. E- that could easily and, be and mixed. Have- exactly, Chris. And in fact, I think we present this that like there's no men's and women's ones. We just go straight in. Yeah. Look, it's a mixed event. Yeah, 
this is something for 2030. Yep. I'm really excited about this. There's a new women's sport beginning tomorrow. The monobob. Monobob. Mono I was going to say, yep, monobob. At, uh, monobob. That begins tomorrow, which is exciting. Mm. And then the question will be, So will it be any different to the luge? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, isn't the whole point of the bob that we have multiple people in our bob? Mm. Um, I suppose your positioning is going to be different because you're going to be upright. Mm, yes. Yeah. 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 You're, so yeah. I mean, look, it is. I mean, it is different. It is definitely different. Yes, it is, of course. Um, is it? But is it necessary? We'll find <laughs> I out mean, tomorrow. Okay. Again, again, is any of this necessary? So I suppose when you put it like that, then the mono bob is definitely necessary in the sense that it's as necessary as anything else. Doubles luge. Yeah. On that note, anything else? That. Norway are top of the table finally. Oh, they've taken over from the crafty Germans. Germans. The mighty Germans, yeah. Mm. Well, that might not last for long because at the time of recording, there's still one more event to be handed, like medals to be handed out today. Mm. And that's in the women's skeleton. And at the moment, it's a three way race. Between two Germans, uh, Hannah Nysa, Tina Herrmann, and then Australia's Jacqueline Narricott. So hmm. there could be another German gold, but at the very least, Norway will be joint top then uh, in terms of gold medals. Top, top in terms of total medals. Do you want to have anything to write to finish off there with? Uh, not really. No. No. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure today was a classic, but that's okay. Denmark news to to say to. Do we have any Denmark news? And, and do you know what? I'm I'm sort of feeling like we're getting a huge deluge of listeners from the USA, and I know I know it's not fair to pit USA against Denmark, yeah. and also Denmark is always going to be our country. Like that's fine, but um, I just feel like Denmark need to. Get their shit together. We need more. Get their shit together. We need, get, we need like, the national get, broadcasters to start pushing the pot again. Yeah, like people in Denmark need to tell all their friends to listen mm. to us and just be a bit more promoting because, like, we're doing our best trying to cover Denmark, but at the moment they're not making it, you know, super. Well, in the ice hockey, Denmark yeah. still have a chance of qual. Well, no, <laughs> hilariously, everyone qualifies for the playoffs in ice hockey in the men's side. <laughs> what? Just- yeah, exactly. Um, four teams go automatically through to the quarterfinals. The remaining eight teams then play a uh, elimination playoff, and so it's like Denmark, university challenge. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, so Denmark will be through no matter what. They are likely to finish second in the group. They lost two nil to the Rock, the ROC, yesterday, uh, playing Swiss in the final game. Them Denmark have the oldest ice hockey team at these games an average age of over 30 years old oh. yeah well, we like old people we do like, we like denmark we're among them <laughs> exactly we like the old athletes we like denmark danish hockey team is a merging of those two passions so just like just tell your national broadcaster to promote us again that's all we're asking that's all we're asking susan tack dana mack